Just a few film nerds breaking out of the rut Drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks And come and listen in, we're measuring flicks Hello everyone, welcome to Measuring Flicks, I'm Carl Hartley I'm Max Peterson, and we have a special guest host in the studio today for uh, Biker Month We've had a lot of special guest hosts Fuck yeah Introduce yourself, sir Uh, My name is Pikachu (laughs) He's the best Pika ever I am the best Pika ever Hi, I'm Chris Fieldhouse, and I'm here to help (laughs) Chris Fieldhouse is here to help, because we we felt we needed some perspective, us two American boys Watching this American biker movie, so we decided that we'd get someone, someone with some perspective on this big snarly country of ours. I was very impressed, by the way, while we watched, of your knowledge of American geography. <laughs> I was funny for a minute. It was stunning how you just knew immediately just by the landscape mm-hmm. where these where these boys were. I had actually studied a map before I came over. Yeah, so we they I believe they start their journey and they go from LA to in Pennsylvania. Mexico. No, yes. it was Pennsylvania. Oh, that's right. No, Pennsylvania is the one with the stripy rocks. Correct. Yes. So once they leave Los Angeles and drive into the directly into Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. <laughs> By way of Monument Valley. I believe it's I ninety six. Yeah, that's the, it's the and which goes they stay over on to eighty the, for to the forty one, which is your miles. your north south. So yeah. Uh, I have seen. I saw Easy Rider. Let's, because you haven't seen it in twenty years. You haven't seen it in. Boy, howdy! It's probably been VHS two thousand, maybe. All right, nineteen ninety nine. So the Prince was dancing in the streets. What year this came out? By no. the way, find that out real quick. So we're today we're talking about Easy Rider, directed by Dennis Hopper, starring Dennis Hopper, Peter Fonda. Was it though? <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis Hopper was present on set ostensibly for most and credited as director. 61. 61? 69. 69. All right, so 1969's Easy Rider, directed by Dennis Hopper. Let's give him something. Um, starring Dennis Hopper, Peter Fonda, Jack Nicholson, and a slew of other people whose yes. names are less important. Um, I'd uh, like to stick up for Tony Basil at this point. <laughs> Tony Basil and other Tony Basil and Tony Basil's depressed aunt? They did very well. <laughs> All, I thought all six of the them. The trio did, of the, the basil women were. Stunning. It's like a, a bunch of basil. <laughs> Just there was a bunch of basil. A, bunch a, muddle, of basil. a muddle of basil. Chris, Is that what you call that? A muddle. Yeah, the, yeah. a muddle of basil. Chris, when was the first time you saw this movie? The first time I saw this movie. I'm glad you asked me that, Max. Mm. I was probably in college. Um, I was in film school. Really? Yes. I didn't know that about you. You went to film yes. school. I uh, took a lot of well, I took a lot of film classes when I was in journalist school. Oh, I see. Okay, mm-hmm. well, honestly, kind of the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, that was the first time that I saw Easy Rider. Did it, how did it hold up in your head? Very badly. Yeah, it doesn't fare well with time, it does, does it? it? Time has not been kind. Has not, has it? It has its charms. There are moments in this that I would I will defend. The PBR sign was, was a delight. I, I liked the PBR sign. Um, I liked Tony Basil's bum. <laughs> <laughs> That made Max's light go red. It did. Yes, oh, is, I do that a lot. Tony, Tony Basil's bum made more than my light red. Let me tell you what. It's it's a euphemism. You, people. Have, a, you ever heard the phrase "like a dick on a dog"? We can use That's... we can use colloquial we can use British colloquialisms because Chris is here. So I right. was I was impressed by the fanny in this film. Isn't that the front part? Isn't there was the some vagina? fanny there, in this. There was, well, there was fanny. there was visible fanny. Yes, it's not one to watch with your mother. No, no, it definitely isn't for more than one reason. Because one, she'll probably be bored for a huge <laughs> wax of it. She'll take a nice nap. 
about in the halfway point. Depending on the age of your parent, yeah. And by halfway point, I mean five minutes after it begins until about five minutes if before it ends. If, if your mother is That's over like 80, point, feel free to spin this because she's not awake 10 minutes into this film. Ooh, easy rider. When did you, when did you first see this film? Ah, uh, shit. It was right after I got out of the military and I was working at Schuberg. So, yeah, it yeah. was actually the first and last time I saw this were the same time. That's the same thing. I've only seen it once. Okay. Yeah. And so it had to be 97, 98, actually. And what's your, um, what was your response to watching it again? I was so fucked up the Did first get... time I saw it okay. that I don't like. <laughs> You're like, I we don't were doing, I'm... we were doing that thing. It was like, we were getting super high watching a kung, like kung fu movies. Yeah. And someone said, I'm, I'm sick of kung fu flicks. Can we watch something like Easy Rider? And we're like, well, how about we just watch Easy Rider? So we did Nobody that. Nobody ever said they were sick of kung fu flicks. I, well, that's why I thought it was very strange. This person right. would bring it up. Grab I know. the phones and move them. Because I'm getting a sound that sounds like someone letting air out of a balloon. It might be my brain. It might be. I, I'm, I don't even know what that I, is. I think I've been constantly exhaling through my nose since we started. <laughs> Just, it's like circle breathing out circle of my breathing nose. Out of the nose. It's actually the second time he's pooped in your house today. The f- Ed wasn't. Like, <laughs> Good for you, dude. Make, um, he likes to count my poops. That's why he's in my wedding party. I'm an enthusiast. Keeping. Which is funny because we have two of my groomsmen oh. at the table today. I saw this movie under ideal conditions the first time I saw it. Are you I sleeping? Was, I was on an airplane on my way to Florida with my mom and my brother, and we watched it on a laptop. Drunk on airplane Bloody Marys That was the first time I saw this film That's the only way you could get me to watch this movie again Um, You know what's strange is I I remember absolutely loving this movie Honestly to be totally honest I am still fond of a lot of of this movie Because of our Are you Peter Fonda? No it's our I've been doing this a lot today (laughs) You have we're we're running the low on gas. So yeah, don't <sighs> let hippies fill it. No. Nope. Um, I don't know. I actually there's some stuff of this that I like, and I think it's because we're doing the dine-ins or uh, drive-ins, diners, and dives this year. We've watched a shitload of like exploitation films and really low-budget movies. There's some charm to this. I actually like Jack Nicholson's second speech around the fireplace when he's mm-hmm. talking about the nature of freedom and what freedom means. I think in a in a weird way that's still relevant now. I think so. I have to say that I think that both of Jack Nicholson's speeches, the first one about the Venusians, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. the second one about the nature of freedom, are the only things in the film that are in any way redeemable or worth a flying fuck. I, I think that I would agree with that. I think completely. the bit that has Jack Nicholson in it is the That's best the movie part of this movie. From yeah, us. yeah. Which is basically the case whenever Jack Nicholson's in anything. True story. Uh, including Except even the terror. Even survives. Tommy. Possibly especially Tommy the too. Tommy's in Jack Nicholson. No, that's not true. <laughs> the first thirty five minutes. That was an ending. <laughs> God damn it. Well, Jack Nicholson does play the doctor for like. Thir- what one song? He's in one song. One minute and in nine Tommy, seconds yeah. of Jack. Nicholson. We've said this though. The first thirty-eight minutes of Tommy are good. They're Gold. the fucking craziest, like fucking unbelievable. And then the end of Tommy is just like I don't know what you guys thought you were doing. All right, so let's let's try and talk about Easy Rider. Here we go, Carl. You have notes. I do. My first, <laughs> I took Carl notes just so you're aware. Good. Said real bikers ride mopeds and they must be in Mexico. I hate. Okay. Let, let's, the motorcycles might be a good spot to sure. start This is we, we picked Easy Rider because we're doing a month of biker movies mm-hmm. In the pantheon of biker movies Am I wrong? Easy Rider is like the iconic biker film, right? No question But why? That's the, a question Those motorcycles <laughs> Yes These motorcycles are awful 
Peter Fonda, Peter Fonda's chopper, Peter Fonders, Peter, Peter, Peter Fonda, Chopper's Fonda, Peter <laughs> Chopper's Fonda, Peter Hopper's Fondue. <laughs> Dude, Peter Fonda's chopper is first of all hideous. It's yeah. absolutely awful. Second, the the fuel tank isn't even screwed on all the way. No, it's it's like bouncy one, as shit. It's like a one bolt. It's like a one bolt fuel tank that he's got on there. It's this chopper with these fucking crazy high ape hangers that your hands go numb because all the blood's drained out of your arms. He built it from a kit. It it looks. <laughs> yeah. Both of their bikes look like kit bikes. I mean, Dennis Hopper's bike has. I think the handlebars are like from six, a kid's bike. Yeah, like the handlebars like butt right up to each other, like clutch and brake, or just you could do it with the same hand. It's the, at the same time. Did they the have Lego time? in 1960? And you can actually. Ooh, did they? Did they have what? Lego. Lego. I don't know. Maybe. In 69? Could be. Don't make me look it up. My phone's don't on the floor. Don't do that. Um, so, but, like, when they're, like, zipping around... I don't know why, but this mic is bothering me. Pardon but me. when they're, when they're like, zipping around, you can actually see Peter Fonda's fucking handlebars giving him trouble. Yeah. Even though the highest speed that they reach is, like, literally 18 miles an hour. <laughs> 18 Seriously. 18 miles an hour. They're going so slow in a lot of the shots that it looks like the bikes are going to fall over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The only thing that's keeping them up is the cocaine. Yeah. (laughs) The Yeef is kind of fun. The early Yeef snorting is kind of fun. (laughs) I want to stick with the motorcycles for a moment. Sure. So do I, actually. I have never understood in the many times that I have seen this film why they have different motorcycles at the beginning. Why they go to Mexico? Because I think there are they in Mexico or on I'm the Mexican assuming border? Because they're all Mexicans. So they cross on dirt bikes. I, I assume the the reason would be they crossed the border like on yeah. foot or in a rented car, and then they took the bikes to the place. But then, because they do the deal when they're either on the border or still in Mexico, mm-hmm. and then they put the money in the gas tank of these two other bikes that they got, or were those their motorcycles and they used the money from the drug deal to buy these two horrible bikes? That's what oh. I always thought, is that they rolled up on these dirt bikes because those were the aspirational dirt bikes, gotcha. and then they used some of the money from the drug deal okay. to get these given to them by bikes. the Grey Poupon man. Because in... <laughs> yes. To, you, to, buy what, to buy what they thought... In the worthless nihilistic fashion, were nice bikes, but the bikes are themselves a metaphor for the rest of the film because they are shiny and colorful, but don't work worth a shit. They do break down constantly. That's Mm -hmm. actually true. Peter Fonda's bike breaks down almost immediately, and later on, when Jack Nicholson gets high for the first time and tells him about the Venusians, you can see that Dennis Hopper is like cleaning a carburetor. Yeah. He's got his bike dismantled on that blanket in front of them. They both break down constantly. If it wasn't for the blacksmith and the farmer, the film would have been 50 minutes long. Yeah, exactly. Now... Do you want to one two skip a few to talk about some broad themes? Sure, because let's stroke it up. Here, <laughs> like broad strokes, broad not like strokes. have one. I was, I was like, is it a two stroke joke? Like, what are we doing? Oh, here? like an like an engine joke. Are you joke. engine joking? Is no. Mecha- Welcome to mechanics cast. <laughs> um, no, I. One of the things. Don't that drive I, like my brother. <laughs> God dang it! One of the things I or in the south, don't ever drive in the south. No, that's another. That is actually the moral of the story. Don't be part of a one band parade. I think it's interesting that when Pete one band parade, one band. Par- that's you know, the entire that's my second parade favorite album, was one, is one, one band, band parade. parade. That's my second favorite band. One band parade. Yeah. No, but when they so they set out and there's a line that Dennis Hopper has at the end where he says, you know, that's the that's the goal is you you shoot for the big bucks and then you're free, man. Mm-hmm. And I. The, we've talked about this before. I will still stand by Peter Fonda's last line in the movie. Well, not his last line when he's like, Dennis Hopper, you're It's the last line that matters. He, yeah, the last line that matters when he goes, we blew it. And that's like all he'll say to him. Because they, 
they go out and there's these there's two kind of interesting interactions which we mocked horrifically the entire time but they meet up with uh they meet up with a hippie mm-hmm. and they go to a hippie commune no the blacksmith is first right yeah so yeah. they they get to like that farmer's house and peter fonda's looking around and he goes you've got a really nice spread here man i mean it it's not every man that can live off the land you're doing your own thing that guy has sort of achieved this dream that Peter Fonda really admires, but Peter Fonda won't stay still. On he goes. He picks up a hippie. They go to this hippie commune. And, you know, Dennis Hopper's, he's kind of button heads and the hippies are kind of weird, but Peter Fonda is, has, you can see he's sitting against the rock. He's talking to this girl. He's settled into this. And there's that bit where Dennis Hopper's like, these people are fucked. And he's like, no, they're going to make it. Well, they're trying to plant dust for one thing. And I think Peter Fonda's wrong in both cases, but it shows his idealism. It shows his naivete. I'll, I will accept naivete. I will not accept idealism. I think that of the two characters, both of whom are nihilistic, empty capitalists. Okay. Peter Fonda's character, Huckle fucking Barry, or whatever the hell he's called, Wyatt. Wyatt, that's Wyatt. his name. Right. Wyatt is Captain America. Wyatt is the least horrible and of the nihilistic of and capitalist of the two of them. I think he's also the only character in this film that has an arc. Because I think he starts more nihilistic and capitalist and ends in a place where I th- I, th- I honestly think in that last scene at the fire where Peter Fonda says we blew it I think that he realizes that he had he had this dream in his head that this money was going to be freedom for them right and really every time they've used any of that money to buy faulty bikes to buy booze and buy a meal and buy their way out of jail and buy prostitutes I think very he, badly yeah, yeah the worst prostitute that, but but very I think bad prostitute I think there's a weird it's moment the worst. there's a weird moment for me in this movie about freedom where Jack Nicholson who is part of this capitalist system he's a lawyer and is constantly in jail well he's a, also for being a drunk, drunk. But he's the only one who gets it yeah, yeah. which he, is which of course is why it's particularly ironic and I don't fairly well done that the white man who actually gets it is then immediately beaten to death by some other fucking southern white man right and he's that there's another thing is he's a southern white man yeah the southern white men kill a southern white man exactly because he dared to approach enlightenment yeah, he he went well, for it, he, but the warning that he gives. But that's a pretty bleak look at it too, because if enlighten, enlightenment is these two nihilistic capital, in a weird way, they're like corrupted hippies. Yeah, we said we we were joking about it, but I really do mean it when we watch the this saddest movie. Hippies. Every hippie in here is a bummer, and mm-hmm. no one's life is going well. While we were watching the film, Cal joked that this is an anti-hippie film. Yeah, but he's right. It no, is. No, I was. An I was like. Not, I was like. Not this even half joking. I was like, yeah, because it yeah. feels very this, much like anti. It's an anti-happy yeah. film made by Dennis Hopper and I blanked on his fucking name. Paul Peter Rubens. Fonda. Peter Fonda. Peter Paul Fonda. Ruben. <laughs> I want to see that movie. <laughs> Cherry, ah, the word of the day is cocaine. Schneef, 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 schneef. <laughs> yeah. So we blew it. <laughs> 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 Not <laughs> so. Oh God. Yeah, it's it's made by two kind of counterculture icons, yeah. Peter Fonda, Dennis Hopper, and actually Jack Nicholson had a pretty big hand in the film mm-hmm. as well as a producer. I, I got to call it out because Paul Rubens and Dennis Hopper were <laughs> it's forever Paul Rubens. Yeah, it's it's I, I've I've blown it now. It's, Paul, Paul Rubens and Dennis Hopper. I can't even stop myself. <laughs> <laughs> Peter. Fonda yes. 
and Dennis Hopper. Yeah. By this point in their careers, were both, you know, rich, rich. established, yeah. well-respected Hollywood types. Right. They were not counterculture icons. They were two wealthy white chaps. Well, well, at this point, yeah. But if you look at their, f- it's. I think I call them. I call them countercultural icons the same way that I call like Dr. Timothy Leary a, a countercultural icon, where he espouses ideas that helped kind of push a boundary. Even though he's, a, I mean, Do- Timothy Leary is a doc- he was a professor at Harvard. You know, mm-hmm. so like in that way, the movie before this, like if you look, if you back up a little bit and look at their careers, we've got Peter Fonda does Wild Angels with Roger Corman. He does The Trip with Roger Corman, written by Jack Nicholson, yeah. all about an acid trip, kind of exploring. So they, they're doing really cool movies in the early 60s that are kind of all about drugs and expanding your consciousness. And that's why I actually kind and of going against the man in a weird way. I kind of like what they're maybe shooting for. I don't think they execute it, but I like what they're shooting for with Easy Rider because they do these movies that push freedom and push the expansion of consciousness. And then you hit Easy Rider and they go, and it was all a fucking crock. And that's what they feed you. It's not a pleasant movie to watch. No, 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 not at all. There's nothing pleasant about this. No, movie. it's 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 a bummer. All the hippies, even the shots of like the ones when we watch Road to Paloma and all the shots of yeah. like Monument Valley, and you're just like awestruck by your jaws on the floor. Like I want to, I want to go on this trip with you. I want to buy bikes and, and go cross country. This does not do that no. for me Have at they- all. I think it shows an ugly. Everything that they're showing is like the 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 dead weeds on the side of the road occasionally you'll get like the sun peeking through something but most yeah. of it is not attractive at I, all it's it's not that i don't get that sense of of the road or e- not even well, that bit that we, we were experiencing there's also kind of i was just thinking about this there's kind of like a patronizing quality to be yeah. fonda in the beginning when yes. he so he he runs into a farmer who's like trying to shoe a horse poorly mm-hmm. and his like his wife and his five kids and he's putting his teeth in to eat and they barely have food and peter fonda's like you really have something here man and you don't recognize it so let me this rich guy tell, tell you, you what how, you've got yeah. and then they get back on their broken down bikes and roll out but in a weird way in a weird way that appeal the the uh, the appeal to me is that they're dismantling this idea that the hippies had it right because he's like, yeah, man, I, you've got something here. And the farmer's like, are you out of your fucking mind? Do you know how broke I am? I'm shoeing my horse with, like, old horseshoes, mm-hmm. bro. But, but it can be both. I think that it can be Peter Fonda's character having the tiniest iota of a smidgen of an inkling of an arc in which he looks about him when he's at the farm and is like, this is actually something that I could get behind having. Yeah, right. yeah. And the farmer is, you're a fucking idiot, it sucks. Right. Yeah. Both those things can be true. Yeah, absolutely. Because Peter Fonda is an idiot who doesn't even know what it is that he's looking at. That's that's why I think, I, I get the, the nihilism and I get the, the capitalist thing and I, I like the naivete. I think naivete is a good word for him, but I do think there is some part, there's some echo of... It's like this weird echo through the capitalist lens mm-hmm. of like, let's get big drug money. And once we've got money, we're free. Then we can get the things that'll make us but happy. But th- I think the things okay. that Peter Fonda keeps admiring are these old relics from the early 60s. Like, hey, man, we've got a farm. Hey, that's really beautiful. Hey, we have a hippie commune and we're going to sow some dust right. <laughs> and grow our dust crop. Our and he's like, farm. these people are going to make it, man. They're, they've formed a society. And you see how you see how and they're struggling, how appealing the idea of the Venusians is to him. When Jack Nicholson's going off on his crazy rant about aliens, Peter Fonda's like, yeah, yeah, that's how it should be. But he doesn't walk the walk. He just sort of like 
admires these concepts of like an egalitarian From a society. Yeah. yeah. Without really understanding what they mean or how he himself could become a part of them because he can't really see any further than his gas his pulley attached gas tank full of, <laughs> his rattling gas full, tank full of rolled up dollar bills yeah yeah that to him that's the end of the game kind but of but like he says they blew it mm -hmm. i that's one of the things i i like about when they get to new orleans once they hit new orleans there's Which not is, a is, single right. happy moment their their goal cuz new orleans is the goal the goal well mardi gras the goal the right. whole time is True. let's Get Truth. to Mardi Gras and let's go have fun. The second they get to New Orleans, they go Shit into a whorehouse. Bad, yeah. There's an. I actually really. Now that I'm talking about it, mm -hmm. uh, of course I'm I'm uh, and I'm doing film analysis and I'm prettying it up in my head so I can talk about the concepts. It's not necessarily very well executed, but when he's sitting there and there's a the, there's a prostitute sitting next to him. So he's been on this like idealized. I love the farm. I love the hippies. But he did literally. And then he road friend and just been bludgeoned to death too. I well he just. Well, yeah, Jack There's Nicholson that. was beaten to death like moments ago. But I, the, when they get to New Orleans, the first thing he does is he goes inside, and he has this like transact, this like sexual money transaction thing that I think doesn't sit well with him because it's a Hopper's idea. He's like, we gotta go, man. Let's go. I'm just here for my friend. Right, yeah. exactly. Even states it. And then yeah. he there's a there's this line. He's sitting in silence, and he turns to the girl next to him, and he goes, "What's happening outside?" And you're like. Oh yeah, you were here for Mardi Gras, and now Dennis Hopper's getting drunk on a bench, like in a whorehouse. A nice whorehouse. A weird nice whorehouse for sure. It's very religious. Some of the best, like <laughs> dude, the artwork on the walls. You're like, how much money do you guys? Make? Welcome to New Orleans. <laughs> These are uh, museum pieces that you've got. <laughs> it should be in a museum, <laughs> Brody. Oh my God. Marcus Brody, sir. Um, there's a. There's a, there's oh, actually, okay, so Bird and I, uh, that was an of historical note, Bird and I went down, last time we, we went to New Orleans, uh, when we visit, we went to visit my parents in Mississippi, and we went to New Orleans, we did the, the cemetery tour, and while we were walking through the, you know, cemetery, uh, the one that, from the film, mm -hmm. the tour guide's like, okay, does anyone recognize this statue, and no, everyone's like, no, not at all, because it's all millennials and shit, and I was like, I do, sir. This is the this is the cemetery from Easy Rider. And he's were, you, like, were you hoping for extra credit? I was. Yeah, right. I was like, will you let me touch Marie Laveau's grave and not get pissed at me? Because so many people have drawn X's on it that oh, they by damaging the surface that rainwater's getting in and the whole structural integrity is getting totally oh, fucked up. Yeah, the worst part is they're like, yeah, it's tourists touching it is wrecking this grave. So I'm like, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, right. You do though. You gotta, you gotta touch it. Yeah, look over there, with baby wolf. <laughs> I'm like, you guys all go and stand over there, look, ashamed Jean, of yourselves. Look, John, John Claude Van Damme. <laughs> no touchy tomb. I know. I, I, I was like, I pinky brushed. It. Oh, and then I, I sucked one, off the oil. From one my drop hand. of water is how the Rio Grande was made, man. Yeah, I watched the, or the, the Grand Apes. Canyon. I know how. <laughs> Whichever one. You got some is. distance, Carl. Um, <laughs> Carl's just sorting his thing out. I'm just, just sorting sort my of, thing out, Are you just man. sorting your thing out? It's been sorted. It's all sorted. I got all my shit in one sock, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
there's a but so I, I said that and the you know he's like that's right it is from Easy Rider and you know that's the last film that was ever allowed to shoot in this cemetery because they did so much damage while they were here. Holy fuck! I can I can. They just were like that. they're laying on graves. You can see it in the movie. They're well, like he's, hanging he's on in shit. the arms of the statue for Christ. Yeah, and they were like sitting on tombs and like swinging stuff. And Dennis said they were like left bottles all over the place. Apparently the film crew Animals. was very shitty. Yeah, so they don't allow people to shoot there anymore until Hard Target. Do they shoot in, in that cemetery? I don't know if it's that cemetery. It's in New Orleans. No, it's and, no New Orleans. It's yeah. full of cemeteries. Yeah, New Orleans is it's like, my John it's like Claude cemetery, Van Damme five bars, cemetery. I've seen Hard Target? It's great. I've never, I've never yeah. seen Hard Target. It's a lot better than this movie. Is it a Jean-Claude Van Damme film? It is. Ooh. Directed by John Woo? Yeah. Ooh. Okay, now I'm intrigued. Yeah, so he's a hunted man. He gets, he's a homeless man that That's used our next to be. Month is he used to be a, a like a special forces person. Is homeless in New Orleans, okay. and someone pays him a million dollars. It's essentially that, based on the book, like the hunt or whatever, where I'll pay you a million dollars if we can hunt you, and if you survive the, the most night, dangerous game. That's the one. Thank yeah. you very much. You're welcome. I'm like it's the, the hunt. Most, it's the most. <laughs> fuck you. It's, it's been a long, long day, man. <laughs> It's been such a long day. There's hunting in it. Oh my god! And then the Alec Baldwin version was with the bear. But anyways, it's thank you. Nice to have you. So tired. Yeah, okay, look, man. But I'm not no. gonna lie. You just said Alec Baldwin and a bear, and I'm like, I'm losing your thread here. No, Anthony Hopkins and Alec Baldwin and the bear. The fuck are you talking Grizzly about? Mountain <laughs> Grizzly Mountain. Grizzly Adams. <laughs> We Pat Chadams. Grizzly Pat Adams Grizzly. is in the Pink Angels. Pre-Grizzly yeah. Adams beard. He's that's, got a little beard. That's amazing. It's pretty mm-hmm. astounding, honestly. Like, you know what's weird is right now I wish we'd watched The Pink Angels with Chris instead. Remember my Waterworld comment? Yeah, my yeah, text yeah, yeah, to yeah. You, about, yeah. You were wrong about Hereditary, but applied to Co- this film, applied to you this, are correct. Perfect. Okay. Betty Biker's bitch-slapping Ugh. bimbos. Dude, okay, so let's see here. What are some good things in this uh, the soundtrack is the soundtrack's good good soundtrack is fantastic. the soundtrack is Classic. really good you know what's weird we talked about rock and roll so you have you ever seen it's an outside shot have you ever seen road to paloma no okay so there's a movie there's this other movie we started biker month with directed by jason momoa and it's basically i the jason yeah, the J- jason uh, yeah. momoa oh, right. wrote and directed dude it's honestly it's killer and starring Carl, in it's like a passion project but not shitty yeah, it's it's like art house, independently financed, and somehow he pulled it off. Mm-hmm. Carl started kind of lukewarm on it, but after we talked about it and like worked out the themes, it's a pr- and it's no matter what, it's well executed. Yes. The sound is amazing, and the it's problematic in parts, but I'm willing to give it that. I like it. I'm a yeah. huge fan, but in a weird way, this is more for you because Chris hasn't seen it. No, but fair I feel in a weird way like. Some of what was going on in Jason Momoa's head when he did Road to Paloma. It's another uh, two-person cross-country mm-hmm. biker movie. But what Jason Momoa is doing is he's trying to deliver his mother's ashes to a lake in the mountains to spread her ashes. I feel like this is him making right the wrongs of Easy I Rider. I think we said that on that. Sh- did we say? Did, we I think did, you said yeah, that. Yeah, because I was saying like Easy Rider is all, all about two, fuck dr- the man two and, drug dealers yeah. who are driving across the country like fuck authority. We're free. We're free. But really, they're just operating within the system. Mm-hmm. They're just In, two assholes with a roll of cash. Exactly. exactly. And that and but but you you get the sense watching Easy Rider that it was and meant Jace to. Momoa's broke down fucking crazy bitch of a bike is so beautiful compared to these polished absolutely and also I I think it's important that his bike also breaks down but rather than like rather than having bought it with a huge you know like cartel you know fucking bankroll 
he he got it like digging fence posts mm-hmm. and he's keeping it slapped together by like every once in a while okay i guess i'm stuck in this town until i you know toss and shovel enough shit or ho- toss enough hay right. to buy do, my new do enough dishes or do enough work at a shop somewhere right it's yeah. in a weird way it's like this he's like a monk on a motorcycle basically he's very kind to everyone he meets he's like the antithesis of what you think of when you think of biker and I think that's really beautiful, especially having just watched Easy Rider, where you're like, these guys are fairly like abrasive everywhere they go. Mm-hmm. They're condescending. They they're always fucked up. Well, Hopper, Hopper. Well, they both are. I think always, they're both they're genuinely, genuinely fucked up. up. It's just that at least Hopper seems to be enjoying. Right. Oh my god. <laughs> Fonda looks just fucking miserable the well, entire it's, it's, time. It's clearly just after he got caught masturbating in that cinema. In uh, yeah, exactly. They're, they they canceled his third uh, series in the in the of, franchise uh, of Herman's play with, play with. Oh me. my god, I got lost. No, it's the Paul uh, Rubens thing. I was Fonda, like Fonda's playhouse. Fonda's playhouse. I was Fondle like, me, Fondle 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 me tomorrow. Fonda's yes. playhouse. Fondle I was like, playhouse. did Peter Fonda jack off in a theater? On to Paul Rubens. What a weird coincidence. We were weird? making a Paul Rubens <laughs> joke earlier. <laughs> Aren't coincidences? Your synchronicities, Carl. Yeah, we were talking about dude. Them. But yeah, I don't know. Like <laughs> watching. Okay, there is. I don't care what it is, but something about watching people smoke weed on film. I'm just like, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, that was one of the big things in this movie. Is like no one. First of all, no they one didn't put any no product smoke comes in. out of anyone's mouth ever. They're like, like this loose paper, and then yeah. And maybe, like, maybe they're so good at smoking dope that. It never actually leaves their bodies. They they smoke they dope so hard, so hard that the whole hit goes into their lungs and there's nothing left. There, there is no, there's no exhaust. It's like a fuel cell. It's a perfectly efficient system. One hundred percent efficiency. It uses there is no every loss. atom. Of there is no loss of dope <laughs> in this system. There's no dope loss here. No gentlemen. dope loss. Dope loss is at zero percent. They Elon Musked it. They've, had, <laughs> they've got their dope smoking dialed down to Tesla levels of what? efficiency. They, they fucked up their financing. It actually and got somehow produces yeah. more energy yeah. than it uses, which is insane when you think about it. It's a perpetual smoking device. <laughs> oh, I want to have one of those right now. They figured out. I never wanted to have marijuana more than I did watching this movie, just so that I could do it correctly. Not so You want to like be, snag the joint out of their hand this and be is like, how you, no, Jesus. it's... And then you'd be like, the holy shit, or... is it just paper and seeds? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you'd take a hit and you'd be like, there's nothing in this. Literally grass. When Jack, yeah. You said grass. <laughs> he meant it's, it's literally it's clipping. Yeah, right? I don't think Peter Fonda responds. He's like, it's grass, man. He goes, this is marijuana. And Peter Fonda's like, didn't say that. Didn't say that. <laughs> don't, don't even put words in my mouth, no, Jack. No, no, no. <laughs> Let's be very clear. That's grass. That's grass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, I'd be seeing I'd be seeing spaceships in my dreams. It's it's irresponsible the sheer amount of THC that is present in their systems while they're motorcycling. Absolutely. Like well, with no helmets on. Your eye just did it. I think you just had a micro stroke. Tell, I, no, tell us what made it happen. Well, we were joking about it, but it's equally frustrating when it was happening. The Dennis Hopper's bike is he, there's no way he can control it on the road. No. Half of the reason he's going all over the road is because he does have children's handlebars <laughs> attached to his fucking motorcycle. Yeah, they're like. One Lego brick. Yeah, like one. one, yeah, one, the, one the one thing with okay. no little things on for the For the end listeners, of it. for to be totally honest, would I be inaccurate in stating that his handlebars are about the width of a hammer handle? Probably. At the most. It's like a, his handlebars are about like the width of a standard viewers carpenter's Viewers, put hammer your handle. hands together, fists together, and, and blow. Separ- 
separate them. That's probably accurate. Four fists. Four fists. Four fists. His, Four fists wide. Yeah. So Hopper's trying to control a chop Hopper on a chopper. Hopper on a chopper. He's riding on a, ch- which are notoriously hard to handle anyway, because your front tire is so fucking far ahead of you. They're and awful fr- bikes. And your front tire on that bike is about the size of a grocery cart wheel. Yes. It's a. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you know the, how those things are. And it's about as stable as a grocery cart wheel. Just fucking. Like a nice one. It's flapping like fucking nude skydiving dude his, t- <laughs> his tire is naked skydiving yeah exactly yeah. it's like a garbage it's like when you're driving and the coat of, your, of the of the tail of your coat's hanging out the door of your car that's what that's his front what tire like. looks like the whole movie and he's wrecked on weed all the time so he's just like i don't know if we're gonna make it to new orleans man well no you well no you're not but <sighs> That's that's kind of a not funny if you're thing. driving through Pennsylvania as recklessly well, as they were. They were there's some very reckless Pennsylvania driving. Ugh. It's kind of funny that, in addition to considering the freedoms that they don't possess versus what they do possess versus the farmer and the hippie colony and George himself, but then fifty years later, here's a bunch of fuckers sitting around a coffee table talking in a very puritanical manner about what they regarded as perfectly reasonable behavior, which was to get loaded on smoke and drive up and down at 18 miles an hour on a pair of motorcycles. I think it's funny that we are puritanical about that. And rightly so. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, yeah. Well, now, I feel like lately, more l- lately I've kind of, maybe as a response to just the, the pit of vitriol that we are kind of find ourselves living in these days, I like... Now, let's be very clear. Right. I'm going to Peter Fonda, like, this is, I'm talking, it's grass, okay? I, I wouldn't say I'm a libertarian, but I like the more libertarian ideas of, like, look, if I'm not fucking with you, if I'm not hurting you in any way, then why don't you just leave me alone? And I like that that's what Jack, in a weird way, I feel like that's kind of what Jack Nicholson is talking about. He's talking about the idea of freedom as opposed to actual freedom. Right. And it, you're you're right. We're sitting here talking about like those fucking hippies just recklessly driving, all fucked up on weed. Yeah, it's like oh, I, I'm actually, I'm literally clutching my pearls. <laughs> right. It's just that my hands are under. Billy's the table. on the road, and these long-haired hippies are out there, all intoxicated on marijuana. They're being totally irresponsible. Mar- Mary Hard H. Juana. Mary Mary Hard H. Marijuana. I mean, we're in the right we're in the right era for Mary Hard H. Juana. Yeah, man. Um. I don't know, like, and, and in a weird way, you're right, because, not in a weird way, in a, in a totally reasonable way, you've, you've accurately assessed us, because one of the points I made earlier in the movie was that Peter Fondo and Dennis Hopper walk into a whorehouse and purchase two, walk into a brothel and purchase two sex workers, is what I should have said, but here I am being like, they're down there buying human flesh, and it fucks with Peter Fonda, because he's above that, but that's me putting judgment on sex work, you know, like... Mm. It was, it was Tony Basil. Was it Tony? Which Tony Basil was it? Were the, they, there were the, seven Tony Basil. The brunette Tony Basil. He had Basil earlier. It's all right. It's so, also sorry, a, America. It's a, it's a shallot. It, it's a shallot. 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 That's what yeah. I mean. Well, uh, uh, it's also oregano. And I think it's herb, right? I've always thought of it as herb, yeah. but then... Tell us other fun words from the older country. <laughs> the only the only fun word that has ever caused me any difficulty in this country that I use with free abandon in the old country is cunt. Cunt. Yeah. We use cunt fairly. We were talking about cunt on the other episode, we were, I think. We were talking about cunt. It's Bird's favorite. If, you, if any of you listeners heard a woman's voice going, yeah, cunt, 
That was my wife in the other room. It's her favorite word. It's a good word. It mm-hmm. is. And uh, I think it's can we can we this is an official measuring flick stance. Mm-hmm. Cunt is a phenomenal swear word. Mm-hmm. Yes, it should be in everyone's lexicon. Yes, it's very. It's I love lexicon. I love having just cunt lexicon. in my mouth. And have, have fire eater, are you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was the other movie. <laughs> ah, ride references. Nothing but. Nothing but. We did another biker movie today, and it was actually I think Hellride's better than Easy Rider. I would agree with that, and that movie's shit. That's not, it's not awesome. I conceded that it was terrible. I'm a, I love it, but it's a guilty pleasure. I know it's bad. It's still better than this. It's okay to like things. It doesn't have to be a guilty pleasure. If it's fun, You know, thank you for saying okay. that. Yeah. It shouldn't have to be a guilty pleasure. If I, I like Neil Diamond, Making me feel bad about it, you cunt. Pleasure, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, I didn't hear, like, some parcel of cunts come in to piss all over Easy Rider. Mm-hmm. But I have to do so anyway because I just it makes me sad. Easy right? Like when you were talking about Jason Momoa's biker movie where he's this, you know, hard scrabble working man who gets together the money to buy a shitty bike and take his mom's ashes to a lake in the woods. There's a lot of tripe tropes that you're talking about right there. Right. Yeah. But that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because tropes are the screwdrivers in the toolbox of filmmaking. Yeah. yeah, I think in a lot in a lot of ways, tropes are sort of the building blocks of most. They're the Lego. Man. They're the, the Lego. Yeah, you can't the build handle, a house without they're nails. They're the tiny, bar, tiny handlebars handle of, of any good biker. Uh, in the in the great motorcycle of culture. I exactly. think I think the reason that I keep coming back to Road to Paloma over the years because uh, I've seen all uh, the four biker movies we did this month are all. I've seen all rewatches. Yeah, the, I, like I the like kung this fu sh- movies. Next are all rewatches, are rewatches for, for you. These, this is a genre I really like, and they always leave me feeling with a little hollow, a little like look, look. I, I like watching burly dudes in leather shoot each other as much as the next guy. Heck yes. Nothing like a good bar brawl, and there's something about a really sexy bike that's rumbling. Come on, I fucking dig it. Mm-hmm. But they always leave you feeling kind of hollow or feeling like, well, okay, I, I get the freedom thing, but you're also most biker if you think about most biker movies bikers are almost universally fascists anytime they meet with someone who don't agree with their meet some pe- people who don't agree with their ideas they respond with violence to assert their reality on those other people or even in this case when peter fonda and dennis hopper are bombing around with this like we're free man we're free and they run into the, the squares the, mm-hmm. the quote-unquote str- you know straight world who mm-hmm. doesn't want any part of that who make fun of them they're like yeah well you guys are all just fucking stupid and you're not free man well that's that's them responding violently to different opinions that's fascist that's totally fascistic and that's what i that's why i keep coming back to road to well it's coming from both sides and that i mean it scene, is the cafe scene that yeah. two yeah two two groups of imbeciles like butting heads butting yeah. heads but the cafe scene that needs subtitles but probably not because who really gives a shit but i mean just think about how they saying. talk about the world that isn't them on their motorcycles everybody got chicken what does that mean what everybody got chicken everyone got in the chicken? restaurant I have my quote is everybody got chicken. Maybe you were thinking about something else. Were you hungry? I may have been hungry. Do you feel hungry now? Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Everybody (laughs) got chicken. But I mean, that's. Oh, about talking about being free. The problem of this country, everyone, everybody got chicken. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Den- everybody got cowardly. Yes, yes, Became yes, yes, coward. Yes. Sorry, let's Dennis Hopper. Let's run this Jesus. through the Dennis Hopper sentence generator. Everybody <laughs> got <laughs> Okay, everyone became cowardly. Yes. yes. Interesting. 
I mean, in a weird way, that's a sentiment I wouldn't disagree with. Mm-hmm. It's Jack Nicholson that says that too. People become progressive. If you fast forward from 1969, I, th- I definitely think America becomes a country that is more obsessed with fear than it was back then. You know, absolutely. I, I think that has a lot to do with the military-industrial complex. Which it has everything to do with the military-industrial complex. If you're not taught to be afraid, the military-industrial complex doesn't work. It collapses. Mm-hmm. It serves absolutely. no purpose. You can't support 17 aircraft carriers if you're not afraid of something. Right. Yeah, those are not cheap. Carl and I have brought this up on the movie a couple of times now. We've watched movies uh, from like, what was that? We were watching, uh, hmm. was it The Jacket? Yes, the jacket. Where we're talking about, so in the jacket, Adrian Brody, the whole is that it's Desert Storm, right? Yep, yep. So he's in Desert Storm, and this movie is like 1999 or something like that, mm-hmm. maybe 2000. So he, the movie starts with him in Desert Storm, and I'm like, oh look, a movie where a, we have a soldier in Iraq in 1999, and uh, now it's 2018 at the time, season mm-hmm. one. I was like, years later. Well, yeah. The if you think about it, the youngest soldiers in this in the current perpetual war that we're running here in America weren't born when the inciting incident happened. Mm-hmm. We've been at war longer than those soldiers have been alive. Max, we have always been at war with Oceana. We've been, at, I think, well, when you say we, do you mean the royal we or... It's a quote from 1984, <laughs> you schmuck. Stop watching all these damn films and read a book. See, I, 1984 I, is a movie as well, and I'll, it's quite I'll good. Can, I'll completely own up to this, because it, it, this is a failing in myself that I'm aware of. I've never read 1984. I've read Brave New World. I've read other books in that ilk, but I haven't read 1984. Have it's you seen on, the movie? I haven't. I want to read the book first. The movie is, is quite wonderful. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is that the one with John Hurt in Yes, it? it's okay. one of John Hurt's best performances. Oh, his performance at the end is just like, fucking stop it. No, don't, oh, no, don't spoil it. Don't, no. Yeah, I, I want, I'm going to read the book. <laughs> don't, don't give him any spoilers for this book that was published in 1948. Good point, sir. <laughs> this is a very good point, sir. Guys, I'm going to read it eventually. So Mary okay. Poppins. Yeah. Yeah. She no, was the bad guy. It's another movie I've never seen. Did you know that I was writing a, a short story about where she came from? She was actually a witch. I was going to call it fragilistic. Really quick. Was, yeah. Pause. Mm-hmm. Listeners, this is how little we care about Easy Rider. <laughs> Sorry, I derailed. It's also because I'm like tired and my brain went all crazy for a second. No, I, I think that it's... You know, like it, I was trying to explain to my... I was talking to my brother one time about America and its wars. And I think it was it Eisenhower that did the had the famous speech about the it military. It was Eisenhower. Eisenhower coined the phrase military, military industrial, industrial complex. complex in his and warned us against it. He's a fucking Republican. Yeah, yeah. He's the well. He's the Republican who dropped the atomic bomb. He, you know. He dropped the nuke, and you, he was like, "This is bad. We gotta watch the fuck out for this." Twice. Two times. Yeah. Like. I mean, if you want to get if you want to get like kind of metaphorical with it, or kind of be loosey goosey with your terms, the biggest mass murderer in history. Mm-hmm. It's you know? difficult to argue with. Well, that, that would make him the second biggest mass murderer in history, following Hitler. Because the guy was no, on the other side. Following Stalin. Stalin's probably the biggest mass murderer in history. You know, this no. isn't this isn't a metric I want to measure. It we isn't. stopped talking about Easy Rider like 15 minutes ago because I said Easy Rider is sad and it makes us sad. Now we're talking about who killed more people, Hitler or Stalin. You know right. why? This is not a winning scenario. Here's no, why we're doing right. this: is because Easy Rider put us in a fucked up headspace. Yeah, right. It makes us so sad. We're talking about fucking. <laughs> So guess what, it's kids? Just, Unless you want to talk about the military industrial <laughs> complex, go get, watch Easy Rider. Get together with your friends, drink some Franzia from a box, and just be like, doesn't shit suck? 
<laughs> I mean, <sighs> no, I'm not. But seriously, though, I to okay to bring it to put it back in the terms of the film. Fair play. When we meet a when we meet a hippie, we meet a we literally meet a hippie hitchhiker who lives in what he imagines to be a utopia, and his the first thing he says is like, "Where are you from, man?" And he's he's like, "I don't want to say." The name's too big. The name's too big. I come from the city, man. And he's just, he's being like shitty and he's staring in the fire and he's so morose. Mm -hmm. And Dennis Hopper's trying to laugh and Peter Fonda's fairly relaxed. And he goes, you know, the people who used to live here are buried under you, man. And you're like, okay, what, what are you doing? Well, that's dark. Yeah, we're chilling around a fire smoking weed. What the fuck are so, you? Yeah. What, are, what trip are you My on? note on that is though they picked up not Willie Nelson, and Willie's a lot more fun when he's singing his poker songs. Yeah, no kidding, dude. Like, the hippie's a bummer, and then they show up to the hippie commune, and Jesus, who's running the joint, is, like, sitting there at the table, and he, there's a there's a weird... I know it's he's going for, like, ecstatic, but that totally read to me as desperate. Yeah. he's pre- that, that prayer, that, like, pre-meal prayer, he's, like, sitting there, and he's like... Please allow the seeds that we have sown to grow into food. Unspoken is so we don't all fucking starve. Right. Uh, The the seeds that we have sown, by which I mean thrown upon a rock where it never rains in the middle of the desert. Yeah. Like, it's... Like, you you know, there's a couple movies like this. If you watch it casually and you don't pay that much attention, and if you're hanging out with your buddies and you're maybe maybe if you're if you don't care to watch it that closely, you can see this as like a biker fun biker trip. But if you look even a little closely at this film, every interaction is a critique of the group that they run into. Mm -hmm. The only bizarrely, the only person who seems to have any sort of sense of perspective or sense of freedom or sense of his place in the world is Jack Nicholson, a drunken lawyer. Like, why, why and why is he so dependent on the booze and why is he in a jail cell every night bribing them not to tell his father? The existential horror. Because of, the existential fucking horror mm-hmm. of being who he is and where he is. Yeah, he's he's essentially like a, you, let's call it, just let's use big broad terms because this movie's painting with a fucking hammer. He's an enlightened man in, in a highly conservative, deep yeah. southern state. You know, like he's he seems pretty loosey. He's very friendly. Yes, mm-hmm. very friendly. He's very friendly. He has some really interesting. The the fact that he's able to speak at such length and with such certitude about the Venusians. He's this is a guy who lives in like, no offense to Gabe who is up for the whole summer, but he lives in like Bumblefuck Alabama mm-hmm. where he's getting bailed out of from being drunk all the time. But he goes home and he thinks about like this utopian alien society where no one's better than anyone else and there doesn't have to be a cage. He has one of my favorite lines in the movie. We're all in the same cage. Yep. This is one of the first things that he says. He's, it, he's basically the only character in the film who has he, any kind of inner life. He's yeah. the only character in the film. Oh, yeah, oh. That, that's a good way to put it. Bing, fucking bingo. <laughs> there that it is. Absolutely correct. He's the only character in the film. I, one of the things I like about, okay, again, an alcoholic, white, fair, because don't tell my dad, so his dad's like a judge or something. Mm-hmm. You that's, assume a judge. That's or, yeah. what I immediately assume yep. is his right. dad. Daddy's a judge. So he's like son of a judge, lawyer, alcoholic, white, fairly, probably fairly wealthy in like a deep southern town. And they go and stop at like this farmer's house and Peter Fonda has this moment with him. And then they go to this like they go to the what'd you call them? Uh the not hit they're not hippies, they're Oh sad peas. Sad, sad peas. The saddest hippies you've ever met. And Peter Fonda's like, Yeah, they've got to figure it figured out too. But the, he kinda treats 
Jack Nicholson is like this like this cavalier trip. He's like, yeah, we'll we'll take you along and we'll show you the ropes on the way. Right. But he's they pick up a wise man and don't recognize it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And by they don't even get it. On, and once he's dead, they I feel like, it's like a fool's prophet almost. Like well, they, they pick up a wise man. They basically laugh at him uh-huh. right. and tell him it's grass, which it probably was literally. <laughs> and then they get him killed. Yeah. They pick up a wise man and then they introduce him to weed. They get him off the booze because they're like, "Don't drink booze, man." It's again judgment. Although it's, apparently it's it's Jim Beam whiskey that led him to the point where he is. So maybe there's something to recommend it. Yeah, I mean it, maybe it's Jim. Well, but also maybe it's Jim Beam it's whiskey. Not that they that's don't drink the temp- booze either. They do. They're well, washing down the acid in that fucking cemetery with what appears to be a bottle of Franzia. Oh, yeah. I thought it was vermouth. <laughs> I thought they were doing the old nothing like a bottle of warm vermouth to get you through the day. <laughs> it's not the good shit either. It's not the Antica, man. I, I, the way that I read the... Yeah, that's not that's not Antica Carpano. That's no. like off-brand Martini and Rossi. Oh, I love Antica Carpano. It's Marsweeney so and I, Posse is right what they're drinking. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's Mossy. Sweeney's it's brand. Mossy and, brand. Mossy and Rartini. But I mean, <laughs> but I mean, I like the idea that Jack Nicholson drinks to temper this, to temper this mm-hmm. fire in himself, so that he can simply exist where he is. I'm not saying that using booze to slow things down on the inside is a mechanism. Um, there would certainly be no irony in that. Interesting. Right. Do you have? <laughs> yeah. Any any experience? No, no. My slug? my box of Franzia is in within reach, so <laughs> all is well. The machinations are good and slow. Ford is in his flavor and all so right with the world. Chugging al- <laughs> yes. You're chugging along at like a good easy rider, 18 miles an hour. Yeah, I, I, I've reached my maximum velocity, which is 18 miles 18 an hour. 18 miles yes. an hour. Mm-hmm. Well, when which is got, just, as we said, just fast enough for the bikes not to tip over. When you're weighed down by all these Nietzschean concepts, you know, it's hard to drive hard to fast. You know? <laughs> Those horses are tired, man. When you're when you've got you can floor it, but if you're going up the side of the <laughs> the hills of Kafka, yeah, you're yeah, fucked. Yeah, I mean, having a, the clutch control that you need to get through the hills of Kafka is, <laughs> is crushing. Your left hand has got to be just, you're feathering the yeah, whole you say, time. You, feather you, need, that you need some serious grip strength. Yeah, for sure. You're, you're burning every every time you use the clutch. You're just you're burning, burning it out. out. Yeah. <laughs> no, there is you're no replacing point. clutches on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> Especially on those motorbikes that they have. <laughs> I, it's not that's a all that, clutch. He's just replacing it. That's all that's in their saddle. Yeah, he's reaching yeah. back to get a new clutch yeah, that, on the bike. That, he, every time you see uh, Hopper with his arms outstretched, right. he's got a clutch in each hand. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, that huge roll that looks like an evil um, vaudeville that, puppet. Oh, my God. Well, that, the dead just, child on the back of his bike. It's just clutches. Well, a sack of clutches. You know, okay. Do we think that part of the symbolism of the helmet on the back is that Fonda's riding around with America? I'm not giving that any. I'm, no, I don't give a fuck about that. Okay. I think it's just on there. I'm looking for stuff. I'm yeah, trying to find. I'll keep. I'm gonna keep I, slinging spaghetti until something sticks. What do you, you throw something out, Carl? What do you got? Give, read something into this. Go. Acid that one dude. Cemeteries are bad. We did a stab. That is actually okay. I already knew it's that. A bad though. choice. No joking though. They should know better. If someone was first, did like, they want to go some, on the bad trip? You know what I'm talking. Like some when you're like 20, they're punishing themselves. When that's an interesting idea. I think that's giving them too much credit. I know. Let's like well, the hold on. on the bike. But this could be well, well, you know, like this could be like the Freudian death wish thing. 
which is like oh, okay, we're in the perfect place for this acid well, drop, and we're in the middle of a seen, rainy fucking cemetery with a so patang, patang, patang. Well, all we've seen so far right. is self-destructive behavior out of these two nihilists who don't actually know what they want. No, because nihilist Donnie. Peter Fonda wants this simple that. life, but he won't let go of the money. Yeah, he wants he he gives the impression that he wants this simple life. He keeps from well, time to time, but right. all he really wants is his. Roll of fucking dollar bills in his gas tank. Right, right. And now, why did he? Why did he need to? Was they just okay? So, when we originally thought back on this movie, we thought it was the drugs in the tank, right? We thought they were transporting cocaine. That's how I remember it as well. It doesn't change anything, though. But this is the thing: they're still essentially driving across the country with the take from a drug deal. But so it's because they just don't want to be pulled over with that much cash on hand and have to explain it. Seems like that it's sort of a pointless. Thing. Well, this is before the cops could just take your money if you had too much money and they thought you maybe got it through ill-gotten gains so that they could use it to buy frosty machines in their police stations. That's true. Mm-hmm. This is before Although that. I'm not sure there ever was a before that, but it was, I guess it was yeah, before then it was that, But that's the whole the, all your eggs in one basket on thing. Yeah. You know, anyway, it's just the logic of it doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, I don't know. Like, in a weird way... Some part of me wants to, and it's like want, a st- it's like a, there are a hundred. It's like the biggest stacks ever. I want this movie. I don't want to watch this again or make it longer. But I'm right. saying, like, I want to know who are these guys six months before this movie happens. Don't care. So, but this is a thing. I think that's important. Yeah, I honestly do. I care about Jack Nicholson, who he was before, because we're informed think, who he is. We get we enough of that who, picture drawn. I know. I think we know who Jack Nicholson was mm-hmm. six months. That's before. what I'm saying. He's like, the only character. In like the, Kyle said, he's the only character in the film. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is I'm less interested because I already know. Because the movie, right. Jack, maybe not the movie. Jack Nicholson gives me who he right. was six months ago. But I honestly, Peter Fonda's so flat, and and Dennis Hopper's so flat. I know they've got this. Wild I don't know if look. they were in the war or if they were conscientious objectors. I don't or know if they dodgers. were draft out or and no judgment served, either. They could have served two tours or dodged. I have no fucking idea. I, I'm sure that both of them had enough money and influence to do whatever they chose to do. In that's that period. in a weird way. That's I what I th- right. what I think when I rewind this movie six months or a year. I think Peter Fonda's like middle class and comfortable. And this is like his fucking dream to like. I'm so sick of my. White bread world that I need to go have this some is that, sort of well, it's intellectual rebellion. Right. I think this is kind of a huge plot hole. Yeah. Because if you think back, now it's been a long time since my last major cross border cocaine deal. But if I think, <laughs> if I think back, yeah. The dude in the gray poupon Rolls Royce who yes. rolls up with his driver with the skull on the end of a stick. And the coolest fucking the sunglasses. And the best up. sunglasses in yes, the history yes, of yes, sunglasses. Yes. 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 <laughs> shit, dude. Now, yeah. he gives what appears to be a very, very large amount of money to these two bozos right. in exchange for what appears to be a very, very large amount of cocaine. Yes. yes. Where'd they get that cocaine and where'd they get the contact with the gray poupon man? Right. Hmm. So we got the cocaine from the Mexicans. They don't just roll up and give this stuff out, and you don't look in the Traverse City Record Eagle for right. classifieds. <laughs> Grey Poupon Man seeks mules. <laughs> right. Seeks uh, sunglasses bodyguard and looking for coke dealer boss. And it's not a great idea boss. to do the deal at an airport. At the airport. Where no one knows how, except for Peter Fonda, understands how airplanes work. Which made me think that he may have seen service or combat because he's... Like I worked, flinch. well, I worked no. on an airfield, and even now, if I hear like a loud, like "oh, it's a loud," I'm, I'm still immune to it because I lived with it for so long. But like, I think that I'm still giving that too much. I would argue, okay, in my head, 
I don't know if there's any. He was any. a bass player I'll tell you, for. I'll tell you right now. I don't know if there's any textual evidence for this. I think it's kind of in the flatness and lack of depth that these characters have. I imagine both of these guys are in college and they do that thing where you sit around in your dorm with all of your nice things that your parents bought for you. Like what we were talking about when we were watching Road to Paloma. We want to buy bikes and go do a thing. Yeah. yeah. Or, 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 but not a drug deal. Just well, like, not, not even that. But like when we were, okay, when you and I watched Hunger, directed by Steve McQueen, and we were saying like all these people who are super pissed about everything. I'm so mad and this is my cause and I stand for it. And it's like, well, are you okay? Will you, would you starve yourself to death in a cell covered in human shit? Is that how much you care? No. How much do you really care then? It's and that how much thing. Do I really care. They're all right. sitting around on the quad because if rewind a little bit, you're in the middle of the '60s. You're in hippie time. They're sitting around and they're smoking a lot of weed, and they're like, "Life should be free, man. Let's get on the road, man." And maybe they met a guy. But I, I imagine both of them as living comfortable lives. Whereas when you see Road to Paloma, you know J- Jason Momoa has been scratching from day one. He grew up on well Indian reservation. Yeah, he grew there, up on a reservation. There is no point six months before Easy Rider where Paul Rubens is digging fence posts. No, no. It's like the, it's like the uh, girl at the commune says, I want to meet your friend. He's beautiful. Yes, he, he is, is very be- beautiful. He is beautiful. Yes. He's the kind of beauty that you only get from regular skincare I think and three you, square meals a day. I think you actually nailed it before mm-hmm. you completed the sentence. There is no six months before Easy Rider. Uh, the right? Only, no, no shit. The only thing that I can think of and that also involves motorcycles is the music video to Aha's Take On Me, in which everything is a pencil sketch until Aha Man breaks the mirror and they become real people. Right. Everything before Easy Rider is just a fucking pencil sketch, man, at best. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. It's... In a weird way, not in a, again, I keep saying like in a weird way, but no, in like just no, a, just a, very, a straight, just a perfectly stri- reasonable way. Just in, in a totally reasonable way, Easy Rider is, has let me down. I feel really let down because in my head, I watched it when I was young. I watched it when I was, I think, yeah. 18 or 19. Yeah, me too. You remember Easy Rider as like this, I, but I remembered it enough that I was able to point out its flaws when we were talking right. about Road to Paloma, where I'm like, it's actually like, it's two drug dealers and they're kind of shitty and blah, blah, blah. But like. Easy Rider in my head stood as one of these movies that showed you the way. This great icon of yes, counterculture. Yes, 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 yeah. absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's it no turns longer out, getting the Mac'd, man. It's getting Easy Rider. Yeah. That's how fucking... It turns out that the it Emperor didn't let has me down no as much as the Mac did. The Mac fucking crashed yeah, me, dude. Enough. That was a real rough movie. But yeah, you're you're totally right. There's, there are movies that still... When you revisit, okay, another movie that lets me down when I go back and watch it because I've I have some perspective and I'm not young anymore. Mm-hmm. It's well, I'm still young. I'm 28, but like I'm 29 in two, three, five days, whatever. Um, but when like when you're young and you read Catcher in the Rye, you identify with Holden Caulfield until you're like 23 or 24, and then you're like, oh, this kid is a fucking hang woman. on a minute, he's a fucking asshole racist. Yeah, what yeah. a piece of shit. <laughs> now, in yeah. a weird way, another movie that that happened to me with it's kind of similar actually because it explores similar themes of divorcing yourself from society and what what freedom actually means is Fight Club. When you go watch Fight Club again, you're like, oh, all of the people in this movie, all the all the members of Fight Club, totally miss the point. Of the Fight Club? Yes. Yeah, they all just immediately become like weird terrorist drones who do anything that Tyler Durden says because they think mm-hmm. that and he's that's enlightened. that's the point, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like, uh, I, there's a beautiful quote by Chuck Palahniuk about, about the film of uh, Fight Club where he says, he's like, I love it because you see all these men in the basement and you get the sense that they're all just a bunch of, co- uh, you know, like college kids who read too much Kafka and Nietzsche. Right. 
you know? That is exactly... That's exactly... <laughs> I, I am blown away by that yeah. level of perception. Is like... Yeah. That's what I want to be like when I grow up. <laughs> to be able to look at something right. like that. Yeah. And, but when I, as soon as I read that, Fight Club was ruined for me. Because when you're young, you watch it and you're like, yes, these are men who are like, no, fuck, I'm done with the grind of the thing. I'm going to carve out a little piece for myself. But they don't. They trade one system for another. Yeah. That's all they do. It's, it's a... Fight Club is a bummer of a movie when you look at it with the right lens. Mm-hmm. Easy Rider is a bummer of a movie no matter what lens you're looking there, at it through. There is no lens. Easy, Ri- Easy Rider is a small and sad film. It is. It was 1969. Mm-hmm. It was still a fucked up time in America, but perhaps yeah. a less fucked up time in America than was going to come seven years later with the Nixon administration. There was still maybe a tiny level of innocence in the American psyche. It, mm-hmm. Maybe it wasn't as bad in 1969 as it was going to get. No. And of course, even in the Nixon administration, they ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah, it right. gets worse. It all it gets definitely worse. Oh, it definitely I, does get I worse. I think we've had, I think, because there's part of my brain, but I think this is the, just the human part of my brain wants to take 1969 and just say that everything got worse progressively from then on. But I think we had up periods too. Oh, absolutely. I think the late 80s was a good time. I think the 90s, all the way through the 90s, maybe it's because I have nostalgia for the 90s. Nos- I grew up don't in, do nostalgia. nostalgia well, the, last, the last time that we were in a quote unquote no war was in the, the mid to late 90s yeah yeah pre, pre to like between when I, when I was when in. does when does desert storm end huh when does desert storm well end? all i know is because i was in from 97 to 2001 and there was there was no like active at, did you get out right before 9 11 uh six weeks before wow yeah you've always had excellent timing yeah mm-hmm. and i was almost he knows how to brought make back in and i wanted it was going to except for a medical thing so there you go do you have bone spurs no Good. Do you have those? Could be nasty. Do you have floppy knee. I have floopy new. Floopy new, huh? Yeah, it's I'm, a rare condition. I wouldn't have let you sit across from me all these years mm-hmm. if I'd well, known you, you had might, floopy new. You might I hope have you it wash now. This glass. I mean, he talks into that microphone every day. That's the crusties. It can are, only. Your... It's only transferred from eyeball to eyeball contact. Like, so I think you're fine. Oh God damn it! I'm fucked. <laughs> I know, dude. I know. I, eyeball rubbing parties right. are not as safe as they were even kids, five years ago. Kids, don't rub your eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> um, Easy Rider makes me think of nothing more than Battlestar Galactica. Really? Yeah. What is it about? What makes? Where's because, that connection come uh, well, from? Well, I'll tell you. I watched Battlestar Galactica. I watched like the first season or so. Oh, the, this is the original the one TV or the, show? the new one? Not the original one. The new the one. one. The new uh, one. Yeah. Okay. The new one, yeah. Starbuck is... Hot. That's fine. Starbuck was I, not unhot. I was trying, in the first one. I was I was trying, trying to, find to say. I, frankly, I think <laughs> Starbuck was hotter in 1980. In the OG, yeah, it's but pretty that's hot. not. That's not my point. Yes. What's your point? My point about Battlestar Galactica is that I stopped watching it because it was a bunch of mean people being mean to a different bunch of mean people. Yeah. Mm. And that to me isn't interesting. No, I. There's so no funny because re- we haven't talked about it, but that's the exact same reason why yeah. I stopped watching that show. Yeah, Everyone is so fucking horrible. Just a and me, yeah, I made it like one season into Walking Dead, and then I had the same complaint, yeah. which is like, well, okay, well, here's what it is: we're good people, but we have to do brutal things to survive. And I'm well, like, you know what that means? That means you're not good people, right? The amount, well, after a certain, I understand having to do something to survive, but once you're continually exposed to brutality, you just turn into brutal people, right? Like, I would, I don't think it's even arguable that all of the cast of Walking Dead are all just as bad as the governor. Uh, yeah. They are all fucking the next one. Yeah. super violent people who are really. 
fucking hard, hard. I've never seen an episode of The Walking Dead because... It turns into Battlestar Galactica. I looked at it and I was like, you know, this is kind of a cool cool premise for a zombie show, but I think it's going to turn into Battlestar Galactica. Right. So so I'll pass. I, my, my, the one thing I'll defend, and maybe this is just because of my, because of who I am, but the comics are great. Honestly, the comics are really good. I'm prepared to believe that. Yeah, they, they, they work out. I haven't, I'm not up to date. I understand it gets a lot more violent than where I stopped reading, mm-hmm. but at least the first like eight volumes. The first trade paperback volumes. is some of the coolest shit that I've ever It's really good. It's it's psychological, which the show doesn't really get into. The, sh- mm-hmm. the show gets kind of fixated on um, shooting things in the head and cutting the heads right. off of things and then shooting the things that you've cut off of the heads of. And coral! And coral. Dude, I've... I can't not call you Coral every time I see you because of it. You know what? You know what Easy Rider reminds me of? Mm. I almost I, I I have to stop equivocating when I make statements. I'm just gonna say it. I think that Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas is like the dark, more successful twin of Easy Rider. It's two guys who set off across America with a trunk full of drugs, but they're utterly upfront the entire time that they're not necessarily good people. They often. In- it is intellectually honest. It's all, it's totally honest. Well, you're also dealing with one of the great, like Gonzo journalism meets Terry Gilliam. Like Hunter S. Thompson is one of the greatest Americans of the tw- late 20th century. Have you read Free Kingdom yet? There's no. a there's a new book about Hun- specifically about Hunter S. Thompson's dealings with the Nixon administration. Oh, I will have to get that it because covers, my wife is a big fan, especially. It covers that decade. I the, I think I got it the second day it was available in hardcover. At currently reading The Great Shark Hunt. If that's have you? I mean, we can talk about Hunter S. Thompson rather than talk about Easy Rider. I, mean, if you I want. feel like I'm but done talking I, about Easy Rider. Well, in this, for the sake of comparison, let's talk about let's talk about what we remember from Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, really quick. Before because, we do that, yeah. I want to have a sort of a philosophical closing comment on the darkness, the dark side of Easy Rider, okay. which is the only side of Easy Rider. It's a small, sad film. It was released. On Sunday, which is kind of weird, but I guess that's the thing. It was released on a Sunday? It was released on a Sunday, oh, July yeah. the 14th, 1969. Okay. On Friday the 12th of July, 1969. Two days previous. You could have watched the last episode of the third season of the original Star Trek. Ooh, and if you could what? have gone from the headspace of watching that episode of Star Trek on a Friday to seeing Easy Rider... That Sunday after, you would have had a hard fucking time getting up for work on Monday morning. Yeah. Fuck, man. I expect more. Yep. So I'm not. It is. I'm not familiar with this particular episode. I'm familiar enough with well, Star the, Trek. There to were under, only three. So the last episode that exists of so the, the original, the original season only three went seasons, three yeah. seasons. So I don't actually remember what the last broadcast episode was. Well, okay, I'm but not, the, even I don't know that. So the idea, though, but the idea, though, is that a show Star full Trek of ideology ends, and yeah, and then Easy Rider. Two days late, forty-eight the, fucking hours later. The era of Easy Rider opens. Yeah. We don't even have 48 hours of peace and quiet between the death of 60s idealism That's and a, the birth of the Nixon era. That is a really bleak bell tolling in, in history. That That's I have chills. Tingle, dude. I actually I legitimately have chills now that I've fully grasped the ramifications of what you just said. And that's why I was looking at my phone a moment ago and I hope it yep. didn't cause any wiggly. No, 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 you're no. fine. You're, you're totally good. Honestly, sometimes the wiggly sounds come from this thing warming up and the mic's getting juiced. Yeah, After about 10 minutes, up, yeah. it levels out. So it probably won't even show up in the episode. Damn, dude. But that's... So Bird and I, to to use a maybe a similar allegory, not a... 
to to show a parallel hmm. bird and i recently got into like within the last five years got into star trek the next generation i grew up watching it obviously <laughs> so but we we had the netflix and we started burning episodes right so we we were watch we would watch like star trek the next generation and then we would our other show that we were watching which was c- concurrently happening while we were watching the next generation which is for those of you who don't know shame on you for those of you who do know, it's this movie, or it's this television series about, and a series of movies, about a science vessel that's traveling around in search of knowledge, captained by a man who is mu- very, very reticent to use violence right before he has all the facts, and even then, any peaceable outcome is possible. It's it's this beautiful show about what, what, what are you show? what are you describing? Star Trek: The Next Generation. If you if there is anybody listening to this podcast who needs Star Trek The Next Generation explained to them, I insist that you immediately cease listening and go and throw yourself in the nearest large body of fucking water. And then dry yourself off. That's and then dry watch, yourself off and, and then go, go watch, home watch and watch Star Trek. <laughs> and if you watch any episode, you watch The Light Within and it will fucking change your your whole life. Hon- the, honestly, the title of that episode is actually The Inner Light. I'm sorry, The Inner Light. I'm Look, sorry. Season, season... Sorry. I think, do we all agree, season one is a little bumpy. Oh, it's bloody hell. Until, until okay. Riker gets his beard. Once Riker's beard is on, you know you're in for a good time. Season From that three. Po- Once but, Crusher is fully crushered. You, can you imagine a world where a, a show that was on television, not on Netflix, not being put out as boutique content by Amazon Prime. Eight uh, o'clock on a Thursday night on CBS. Mm-hmm. Was able to explore deep philosophical conversations and ideas on... Nightly television. Yeah. You could go. You could turn it on. There's an episode. Do you know how I discovered the American philosopher William James? Because Picard tells Wesley Crusher to go read some of him. I love that on so much. On fucking television. Yeah. yeah, I know, dude. <laughs> that that show is unbelievable. And you know yep. what, Bird? So Bird and I were doing this thing where we were watching The Next Generation, but we were watching two shows at once, and the other one was Sons of Anarchy. Wow. So we're doing this mental Another gymnastics. Yeah, I was struck dumb by the whiplash. So so were we. So what was happening is we're watching The Next Generation and you'd end even the sad episodes feeling somehow like more complete or fuller than you were when you started. And then you watch. You learned something. Now, look, I like Sons of Anarchy. I think it's a very well done show, but that is a fucking nihilistic Hard bleak fucking show. They show. keep talking about freedom, but again, it's mean people being violent and mean to other violent mean people. That's right. all that show is. Freedom is not the freedom to be mean to everybody. Exactly. Oh my god, yeah. It, it Well, the, the thing they keep, the bell they keep tolling is like, sometimes you've got to fight for your freedom, and it's like, I mean, Star Trek says I don't. S- sometimes you do. I had yeah, to, absolutely. I had to, the Borg are boarding. Then you fight. Now, okay, I guess let me, let me, let me clarify. Sons of Anarchy seem to argue that every once in a while you have to so they don't get your drugs and guns. Right. Which is different than... Oh, boy. I, well, I mean... I'm not, I'm not actually sure if we can legally allow that on the air. Carl, do you have a pen? Yeah, I do. That's why the good Lord we'll, gave us the editing machine. We'll yep. put a fun bleep on that. It's 109... Right. Thanks for having my back. No, there, Max. I, no problem. How many times um, has he had to take my voice off uh, the show? Actually, I said something much more controversial than that once upon a time, and Carl insisted I cut it out. Um, I am not honest. Can we leave that in? I think we can leave that in, right? Sure. Because <laughs> he's saying he's not in. I am not. State your name. <laughs> <laughs> Pika Pika. <laughs>
He sounds just like Pikachu. He does. It's weird. It's, it's like, like no one will know. <laughs> They'll be like, Pikachu said some fucked up <laughs> shit on that one episode of Measure of Flex. <laughs> Dude, that's but we have we have crossed the Rubicon of controversial oh content. Um, the three Straw Dogs episodes alone, like I Jeez, I, I put them up unedited because I said I would, but I thought we were in some dicey territory. We read. Time. That's why I like having guests on. We read man. disclaimers because they can photos. take the legal heat. That's right. right. It's like it shows. It's like it's not just us right, complainy listeners. <laughs> it's everyone. Um. Yeah, man. I I don't know. Like, if I'm if I want to next time I want to watch Easy Rider, I'll watch Star Trek. Or where again we're we're going out in search of freedom and knowledge. Or I'll watch. No, you know what? I'll, next time I want to watch Easy Rider, or think I want to watch Easy Rider, I'll go watch Fear and Loathing. Mm-hmm. Or I'll watch Road to Paloma. I think you should watch the Road to Paloma. Yeah, absolutely. I think the Road you know to that Paloma fix? should take the cultural place. Absolutely. Wait, let him finish this thought. Uh, uh, I, uh, no, no, no. I I already mostly had. I but I, I want it. In but its I'll totality. tie up the end. Say it. I yeah. think that the Road to Paloma should take the cultural place of Easy Rider. In America's psyche, that I absolutely agree with. Um, do you guys have anything else on Easy Rider? Because that's actually an amazing way to go out. Nope, I'm good. I this should be the last episode of Biker Month because I absolutely totally fucking agree. agree with that. Finny, Finny, Chris, thank you so much for being on the show. It has been my pleasure, Max. Uh, this is a main season show, so we're going to shout out the patrons. You start with the ones we can always remember. Alrighty, we would like rest. to thank John and Casey Shiby all the way out there in the New York cities. I got more hugs for you next time I see you. Two, three at a time. Just <laughs> be ready for them. Handfuls em. of hugs to the any when. Okay, John, we're going to come up with a safe word for you next time you meet <laughs> Carl. Because banana hammock. Can it be banana? Yeah, hammock? Yeah. If you just if you just da, whisper. Da, 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 da. Banana if you hammock. Just, <laughs> da, 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 da. Banana. Banana hammock. I couldn't let it not. No, I know. I you gotta finish it. You can't let that die on the vine. It's gotta come to frenziatic fruition. I couldn't finish it myself. I had a mouthful of frenzia. <laughs> um, we'd also. Frenziatic fruition. Frenziatic fruition. <laughs> The fruition is because it's made from real grapes. If we, <laughs> real grapes from concentrate. Uh, if we were able to not get sued, I'd put that on a t-shirt. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'd also like to thank... Uh, let's go from... Oh, here. We'll go back and forth. Thank you, William Rockwood, our most recent patron. We really appreciate uh, all of the support. You keep the lights on and the motors running. Um, we'd like to thank uh, Connor Sweeney. Thank you very much for your continued support of the show, and we're getting you in the hot seat here shortly, brother man. As always. Here, you jump in on this, man. I would love to jump in on this. I would like to thank Danielle Pelshaw, who I happen to know is a good egg. Absolutely. She is a good egg. One we, of the best of the eggs. Didn't we determine on the last episode that she's the paralegal that knows all the shit your yes. mom doesn't want your wife to know? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> we, found a, we found a yearbook photo of Danielle Pelshaw where she looks like... like like paralegal by day, dominatrix by night. Like there's something going on with the swoop of the hair. She That's going to come in really handy when I'm indicted for. <laughs> Which he was, oh, not, he was doing. not doing. Let that. us clarify. <laughs> it's opposite day. We would like to thank Katie Clark, uh, the the bardists with the hardest. The bard that <laughs> saved my shit last night, man. It was rough going. It's like welcome back to the. To the party. Yeah, in a D and D and D game last night, Carl dove headfirst into a sentient gelatinous blob. Yeah, Get there was an episode of um, the Orville about that. Oh my goodness! Did, I didn't even know that. Well, in that episode, did someone end up with horrific acid burns? Because that's what happened to him. Because mm-hmm. if it, no, no, they ended up in love. 
didn't work out for you, buddy. Different, different storyline here. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd started with Katie Clark on her liar, charming the gelatinous, then maybe I could be possibly put in my. And we'd well, like to thank Kelly and Mike <laughs> Wagner. I'd like to thank Brian Jackson. He's a damn fine blind date. Yeah, that yeah, that's is. one thing I've always heard about Brian Jackson. And you know what I've heard about our next, our final patron, David Rowney? Hmm. Hell of a speed dater. Oh, dude, he's got that thing on. He, he gets, he knows within a word whether or not he's going to fuck you. Yep. You just say, you open your mouth and he's out the door. <laughs> open your mouth and he's out the door. Which I think is actually the title of his, uh, of a biography, a, a vindictive biography <laughs> written by an ex. No, it's actually the title of his first prog rock album. Prog rock, open, open your mouth and I'm out the door? Exactly. I would, honestly, I'd spin that. Oh. I'd, I would pay the extra 10 to get that on vinyl. Mm-hmm. For At RPM Records, your local record store. Uh, mm. Yeah, you know what? That's a fun shout out to RPM Records. I just got some good shit from them recently. I've, I love I've, their bins, man. I have a I have a first pressing of Raw Power by Iggy and the Stooges that I got from RPM. I to... My first wife's father mm-hmm. went to high school with James Osterberger. You're shitting me. I am not shitting you. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I had to lick my teeth. That you was did. so impressive. Mm. Um, Mary Hot H. Wana, kids. Mm. So, um, <laughs> I feel like we're stalling on the out. I don't know why. Bye. Bye. We don't want to go. Let's talk more about Easy Rider. <laughs> 